Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for you. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He told separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 222 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast, the longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today for over four years, a revolutionary force in wrestling figure podcast entertainment. I just heard Celeste shut the door, Scott. She doesn't like that beginning. Yeah, she hates it. She does. She's like, edit that out. (laughs) Sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what is going on over there, man? I don't even know what day it is anymore. I don't remember if I showered. I don't even remember if I had breakfast. I think I worked today. What day is it? I'm lost. (laughs) Well, today is Thursday, Scott, and we are recording today. And before we get into the rest of the stuff, we are sad about the Howard Finkel passing. I knew he had been in poor health the past few years, but it's still a sad one. It's just that golden voice. You know, we talk about Gene Okerlund. We talk about Gorilla Monsoon. Those were our childhoods. They, It wasn't just the wrestlers that were larger than life. There was also commentators that were larger in life. And Howard Finkel standing right in the middle of the ring with that big MSG microphone dropping down. That too was part of the show, part of the spectacle. And it sucks we lost him, man. Another one from our childhood gone. Yeah, truly a WWF and WWE icon. I thought it was great in 2011 when CM Punk had him come down as his own announcer when he was facing Del Rio. And the crowd was chanting for him. And that was his moment. That was his crowd appreciation moment. And so well deserved. And I wish it could have been more for him. Because like you said, Jeff, he was really the voice of a generation of WWF fans. Our generation of WWF fans. And and new. Like, that will be so synonymous with Howard Finkel. And you're right. This one is crushing. And it's definitely up there with Mean Gene, Gorilla, Bobby, Roddy Piper. You name one that's crushed you. This one is definitely up there. And that is not great news to wake up for or wake up to. I hate waking up to news like that. It's the worst thing. Just two days in a row of really, really bad days in wrestling. And I can honestly say I was, I was talking to uh, Christopher Dean earlier about this. If we had a fast uh, forward button that we could press to get rid of 2020, I would press that thing right now get me to 2021 because 2020 has been garbage (laughs) i'm done with it dude no more 2020 it has just been insane you couldn't script something like this but all that aside we've lost the legend it's horrible i hate it it, we always talk about it's the worst thing when your childhood heroes die and that's another one that we've experienced today and i know you and soda talked about this on your episode that you had with soda And we've mentioned it several times on this show. Never pass up a chance to meet your heroes because you'd never know what the future holds. So to all of you that had the good opportunity, the good fortune to meet Howard Finkel, 
that's awesome. I wish I would have been able to. And just tell him, your voice defined my generation of growing up with the WWF. So thank you. RIP, Fink. I think back to the Coliseum home videos and him kind of standing in the background when Nikolai, Iron Sheik, and Blassie are right there singing the Soviet national anthem. Like you said, that voice of and knew that just it just resonates it just it's just something that you always remember like when demolition beat strike force i remember howard giving that and new tag team champions it's just it's a voice that you will always remember you can get our shirts from pro wrestling tees or whatamaneuver.net pick up any of our past t-shirts any of them at all we've got card back series one series two series three now so go pick up series three great artwork by jason wolf go check it out you can follow us on twitter youtube snapchat and the book of faces at fully posable instagram fully posable wfp you can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on fully posable podcast.com stitcher itunes iHeartRadio, and spotify please rate and review on itunes scott like this week it comes in from Jason Sweetchuck. Title of this one is Quarantine Relief. Gave us sweet five stars. He says, whether it be sleet, snow, or floods. Who are we kidding? It's Quarantine City, bitch. And you continue <laughs> to provide Fig Life the relief we need. And he put the clapping emoji. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> it is Quarantine City, man. It is that. <laughs> Jason, thank you very much for that, man. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Sweet Chuck. The kind words are greatly appreciated. And yeah, like he said, it is kind of quarantine relief. We hope to kind of take you guys out of it for at least an hour every week and keep you guys entertained, talk some wrestling figures and kind of take you out of the ho-hum of daily life right now. Unless again, like we talked about last week, unless you're an essential employee, thank you for everything that you're doing. Yeah, thank you guys. I try to provide more content while in quarantine, you know, like this past week I had Soda Hunter and Ryan Belial. These are two fig lifers. These are your fellow community members that I love sitting down and talking with because everybody has a different story. I said this on the show this past week. Everybody has a different story of how they came up, what they did with wrestling figures and everything else under the sun, you know, Travis setting off fireworks in his room. Soda (laughs) Hunter puts Hogan LJN's, on his roll bar while racing hova hova didn't even play with figures but (laughs) moc since day one (laughs) right but it's so much fun just going back rad chad and eric had great stories as well it's just it's so much fun going back hearing the stories that they went through how they would play with figures how they would set up their matches just everything from beginning to end and i love it man and you guys will enjoy it too of listening i call it telephone so but just listening to the telephone and hearing the fellow fig lifers and their stories, it's great. So thank you again, Jason Sweetchuck. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. Scott, let's get it out of the way. Let's talk about our FOCO family. Jeff, <laughs> do you want to prove you're the undisputed world heavyweight champion of WWE fandom? Of course you do! FOCO.com is here to help. With FOCO's WWE bobbleheads, you can visit Suplex City with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, let in the fiend Bray Wyatt, and break some glass with Stone Cold Steve Austin. FOCO's line of WWE bobbleheads includes all your favorite superstars and legends from then, 
now and forever, including Becky Lynch, The Rock, Ric Flair, John Cena, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Ronda Rousey, Andre the Giant, and more. These bobbleheads from Boko are handcrafted and hand-painted to depict the biggest names in sports entertainment, making them must-haves for fans and collectors alike. Don't miss out on these awesome collectibles. Head to foco.com now. That's F-O-C-O.com. Once again, F-O-C-O.com. Where at checkout, if you use code WFP10, you will save yourself a sweet 10%. Put some money back in your pocket. Again, F-O-C-O.com. Load your cart, and at checkout, use code WFP10. Save yourself 10% off on anything and everything in your cart. Those are some quality handcrafted bobbleheads over there. So, guys, go check it out, man. These bobbleheads are fantastic. WFP10 gets you 10% off your order. So, go check them out. Rad Chad got one. He loves it. Check them out in. They've got WWE bobbleheads, they've got MLB bobbleheads. They've got a ton of themed bobbleheads as well. So go check them out. Foco.com. Use code WFP10 at checkout. Scott, have you done any finger poke doom? No, I have been really quiet, actually, on any online shopping aside from like getting essentials for the house. However, today, Jeff, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little secret here with you. I got stimulated. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about it, big boy. Yeah, it happened right when I woke up too. Oh, dude, yeah. Continue, continue. Stimulated. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, I, I kind of wake up when my alarm goes off, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, I, and I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. So yeah. I, I, I pick uh-huh. up my phone. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I go, to, I go to my bank website. Oh, uh-huh. Continue. Stimulus. Boom. Stimulated. So, <laughs> with that said... I may be actually, speaking of being stimulated, I may be hitting the internet with my finger poke of doom here very soon. Oh, what are you looking for? I don't know what yet. I'm going to start examining my collection on the wall. I definitely want to jump on those G.I. Joe pre-orders. But I'm going to look up on the wall, look on the shelf, see kind of where I have some holes in my collection. And I I might start plugging a few things in there. I had missed out on a few figures over the years. Uh, luckily, the Fig Life has helped me out a ton, but there were just some kind of run-of-the-mill ones that I, I skipped over and I probably shouldn't have. So I might start going back and jumping on some of those, specifically like Defining Moments. A few of the NXT Elites that came out, I passed over some of those, but I'm kind of wanting to add them into the collection. Uh, probably will jump over to FTC. I skipped a couple of those and I want to add some of those to the wall. So I think pretty soon the internet's going to be getting a hit with a finger poke of doom. I'll do a little stimulating of them myself. Nice. So as far as FTC, what are you looking at? Most likely Chris Hero. Okay. The Kiss Demon. Okay. And War Machine. Okay. And as for elites that you are looking to plug in? The Drew McIntyre that just came out, I skipped over that one. Probably shouldn't have. I want a Drew on the wall because I didn't buy his NXT elite either. I had the chance and I passed on it. Uh-huh. And I should have added his elite when I didn't add the NXT elite. I should have added the elite when it, when I saw it or when I was offered it, passed it up. I was like, nah, it's not in the budget right now. But right now it kind of is in the budget. So those are just a few that I'm going to start off with and maybe go into some of the defining moments that I missed out on. Uh, maybe the black robe flare because I never added that one to the collection and I really like that flare a lot. 
So, mm-hmm. like I said, there are just a few holes in the collection that I want to go back and fill in. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. Nice, man. I keep checking Amazon, and Amazon doesn't have much of anything. So, I've been kind of laying low. I may put in a pre-order for a couple of those Decade of Decadence, the Motley Crue album. It, yes. Uh Oh, wait. Wait, Decade of Dominance? Decade of Domination? Uh, Sure. That <laughs> right. One. The D.O.D., the DOD, yes, very good. Um, I may do a pre-order on that. They're not coming in until August, but I might as well get a couple of those out of the way. Are you getting the whole set, or are you just buying a couple? Just buying a couple. That Undertaker's really, really good. I was thinking that same thing, man. You're, you're 100% correct. That Undertaker is fantastic. You know what's crazy about my collection? What? The only Undertaker figure that I have is the Jax Classic Superstars LJN Love Letter. That's it? That's literally... And I'm not lying here. That is the only Undertaker figure in my collection up on the wall. Well, that's not a bad one to have, I'll tell you. Well, no, it's really good. But you figure the countless Undertaker figures that we've had all the way through. I mean, from Hasbro to current day, the only one hanging up is that Undertaker LJN. So I'm more of a fan of American Badass Undertaker. That's uh-huh. So like basically his Boneyard match, like right. that Undertaker would be like my favorite genre of Undertaker. But that one that's coming out in the DOD set, the black and the gray, like his initial introduction into the WWF, I think most likely I'm going to be jumping on and pre-ordering that one. That would probably be the only one I buy out of the DOD set. That's not a bad one to get, man. It's it's reminiscent of his first time in WWE where Brother Love walked with him down the aisle at Survivor Series. Yeah, pretty much squashed Coco right out of the gate and uh, (laughs) tangled with good old Dusty Rhodes. But yeah, that's probably what the only one I'm going to add out of that DOD first series. Gotcha. Sky, a little bit of news from last week. Steve Ozer on the message boards. A couple of things I wanted to throw in there. Somebody asked, could a Hulk Hogan as Mr. America Elite be possible? Steve said, doesn't seem likely. Okay, why? Would it be copyright infringement? But how? That was 100% a WWE property. I don't it- understand how he couldn't be used. Would it be too close to Captain America? Uh, man, I don't think so. But who knows? Maybe they've looked into it and that's what the case is. I I don't know why they wouldn't release one. We were supposed to have that one from Jax that never got made. Well, a prototype was made. Well, right. But I mean, like mass release, like we never saw it. And I think right. a Mr. America figure would be incredible. I'd love to add one of those up on the wall. But eh, it just sucks. Yeah. Steve was talking about on the message board. Somebody asked a question I should start off with. Somebody asked a question regarding what happens to figures when they get scrapped. Do they go into like some secret vault or whatnot? Steve says that they do go into a kind of a secret, not a secret, but like a like a holding room or something like that. And they can only go and check the figures out, but they have to return them. So it's almost. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. I didn't put that on the list, but I was thinking about that. So it's like an evidence room at a police station. Yeah, exactly. The gobbledygooker is in there too, so. <laughs> oh, man. I got to go work for Mattel. Well, at least I think the gobbledygooker. It probably would be because that got scrapped. Speaking of gobbledygooker, next question got regarding gobbledygooker. Aren't the rights owned by WWE? Why would it matter who was in the costume when, the, in theory, if WWE wanted, they can use the character tomorrow with anyone inside the costume? Steve said... Gobbledygooker, it's not up for debate. Sorry, man. WWE is the licensor and what they say goes. So basically he's saying WWE doesn't want that figure released, so it's not going to happen. 
unbelievable. So there, are they burying the history of the gobbledygooker? Like, if anything, like, it's a cool gimmick figure. I think gobbledygooker would be the perfect SDCC giveaway. Much agreed. I mean, if you're going to do these running gimmicks of Shockmaster, Isaac Yankum, why not do gobbledygooker? Like, that guy was custom made for those early 90s gimmicks that they would just throw against the wall and see what sticks. Much like Isaac Yankum and much like Shockmaster in WCW. Like, he's the perfect SDCC giveaway. I wish they would make that figure. I so wish they would make it. And you know what? Give me an Ultimate Edition with, like, different legs and different, uh, like, wings or arms, whatever they are, and a humongous egg. <laughs> you want the egg, huh? It, it has to have the egg. Much like the Mork from Ork Toy from the 70s or early 80s that came with a little egg and the Robin Williams figure, uh-huh. the gobbledygooker has to come with an egg. It's a package deal. Then you could put your Mean Gene figure next to it. and just Oh, dude. Possibilities are endless here, folks. The figure photographers would be going insane with that. They'd go banana. But yeah, D- Mattel absolutely needs to make the gobbledygooker happen. I know Steve just basically shot all of our dreams down right there. Not once, but twice with the Mr. America figure. But I think both those figures would be home runs. So that was it for the news that we wanted to get in. So basically, the show is going to be listener and nostalgia. And we're going to round out our nostalgia of defining moments, which took forever. But before we do get into the listener, Scott, we, you and I, are going to announce our first inductees to the 2020 Hall of Shame. We're not even announcing the lead guy. We are going straight to the Hall of Shame. (laughs) We're starting literally at the bottom. So, Scott, would you like to announce the first figures of the Hall of Shame? Yes, Jeff. It is my distinct non-pleasure to announce that the OSFTM vibrating figures of WCW stars Hollywood Hulk Hogan, the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan, Scott Hall, the Giant, Sting, Lex Luger, Kevin Nash, and the man whose name we won't mention on this show. (laughs) All of them, all of those vibrating guys are going to be inducted into the Hall of Shame. We've discussed these figures on our Who Booked This Crap segment, and we promise to never mention them again, except to induct them into the Hall of Shame wing of our Fig Life Hall of Fame. So, it is with much displeasure that I welcome the OSFTM vibrating wrestling figures to the Fig Life Hall of Fame Hall of Shame wing. Yes, 2020 Hall of Shame goes to the old San Francisco toy makers vibrating figures this year. We will be announcing the next Hall of Fame entrant next week. So congratulations to the horrible vibrating OSFTM figures. Man, those are bad. Yeah, and normally it's like one figure that we throw into the Hall of Shame, with the exception of Doom, who was a tag team going into the Hall of Shame. This time we're throwing all eight vibrating guys right into the Hall of Shame together. None of you stand out as any good. So get your vibrating asses into the Hall of Shame. In you go. (laughs) Again, next week we will have the next entrant into the Hall of Fame 2020, the fully posable Fig Life Hall of Fame 2020. It only gets better from here, we promise. (laughs) Scott, we have a listener segment. We did Steve Ozer's thing last week, but this week we are devoting this long, long segment to the listeners. So what do you say we jump into it? Let's talk to them. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I 
just want to hear from my people and I just want to listen Scott, before you and I go talking to the listeners, what do you say you talk about our good buddies over at Manscaped? Yes, support for the listener segment is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Ouch. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Jeff, as we talked about last week, um, that's really getting in there if you need a light. Right, right. Yeah, the, it's getting into the dark forest. Right, it's like when you go into the caves and you need to put a headlamp on your head. <laughs> this is very handy for when you're getting down into your darker regions. That light's going to come in handy. You don't want to... Don't go scraping where you don't need to be scraping. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke (laughs) technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WFP20 at manscaped.com Jeff your balls are going to thank you again get 20% off and free shipping with the code WFP20 at manscaped that's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D dot com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code WFP20 your balls will thank you look I'm sending a call out to Daniel Bryan And you guys are like, what? Daniel Bryan? Look, Drew Gulak exposed his twig and berries on a pay-per-view a couple months ago. Daniel Bryan, look, now's the time to use code WFP20 to get that lawnmower 3.0 to kind of trim up down there, man. You know, we saw, we were let in to your wardrobe malfunction. Let's get that 3.0 going over for you, man. Trim up down there. Get it all nice and smooth. Let's go, man. WFP20. He trimmed upstairs. Now let's trim downstairs. Right. And also, when you go over to Manscaped and use our code WFP20, and you get the lawnmower 3.0 along with some other good smell and fragrances that you can just put down there. It smells manly down there. It's not too strong. It's just it's Celeste approved. Whoa, whoa, she just what? Kind of, what? She it's Celeste approved. She just took off the cap and smelled it. Oh, <laughs> oh, just, okay, okay. Thank you for clearing that part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, she can use the lawnmower 3.0 too. It should be called man and womanscape. Anyone can use it. (laughs) What? Reminds me of that Chappelle skit. Woman, you done scorched the earth. (laughs) So lawnmower 3.0 over at manscaped.com and use that code WFP20 for 20%. Scott, 
first question of the week comes in from James Frank. Good buddy, James Frank, down in Southern California. He's got a baby coming pretty soon. We're all excited for him. He says, this week's question, what wrestling item or accessories would you want in the apocalypse? Ooh, that's a good one. So we've had a lot of good ones over the years in terms of like, such as bats wrapped with barbed wire, almost like Negan from The Walking Dead. We've had steel chairs. We've had clipper shears with Brutus the Barber beefcake. We've had staple guns. Staple guns, steel chairs, ringside bells, amputees' legs. Man, (laughs) lots and lots of good ones to pick from. Hmm, man. We've had kendo sticks. You know what? I'm going to go barbershop shears. Okay. Because you can stab with those. And in a pinch, you can really take somebody's head off. So I'm going to go barbershop shears. Give me Brutus's clippers. Dude, whenever Brutus used to walk down to the aisle with those shears and he was clipping, like I was so afraid for people putting their hands in. I was so scared for them. Yes. Or people that would reach out and touch LOD spikes. Yes. Okay. So let me clarify my remark. I want Brutus's shears, but I want to wear LOD spikes as well. So if I really had to, I could like shoulder tackle somebody. But I know exactly what you mean about the fans that would like reach for Brutus the Barber as he's clipping his shears. You're like, oh, dude, somebody's going to be missing a digit when they pull their hand back. Dude, I've been watching so much NWA while working from home. And I've been going episode by episode. And I just watched where LOD put the spike into Dusty's eye. Did they turn it black and white? I haven't watched that since it happened. No, they kept that in color. But what they did in NWA is they showed it when it happened, but then the following week they blurred everything out. Yeah, yeah, they did. Dusty got in a lot of trouble for that too. Oh yeah, he got in some major heat with TBS on that one, man. In fact, I think that's why he ended up in WWF. Yeah, I'm starting to notice where Dusty hasn't been shown for the past few weeks, and I think I'm in the beginning of 89. Right, so he did his Starcade 88 match with Sting against... Uh, Road Warriors. Yep. I believe that was his last match with the NWA and then he was in WWF. Yeah, because right now it's Wyndham and Flair going after Steamboat and Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so I'm going episode by episode. It's so cool to see guys from the 80s that you forgot about. Like, I totally forgot about Kendall Wyndham. Did you really? I did, dude. (laughs) And And another thing, him and Dustin Rhodes were actually teaming up. They were called the Texan Broncos or the Texas Broncos or something like that. Okay. Yeah, they were teaming up. And then now Kendall just started teaming up with Barry. So, and then there's also a tag team that I had completely forgot about called the Commandos. The Commandos? Yes. They were these huge guys and their finishing move was a double splash. Oh, were they dressed in camouflage? Yes. And they were huge and like they wore like war paint or something like that? They didn't at first, but now they are. I just hit the episode where they are. Okay, have they beaten the Mulkies yet? I think they beat Randy Mulkey, but Randy Mulkey was tagging with some other guy. Probably George South or Rocky King. Uh, No, Rocky hasn't been on. Oh, interesting. Okay, so Italian Stallion then is who they teamed up with the Mulkey. Uh, Possibly. Italian Stallion has been doing some jobs. Has Mantitz been on? No. Okay. The dude with the singlet that had the one moob hanging out? Correct, correct. He has not been on? That's good. I wish Manscaped was around back then, dude. There are some guys with some hair going on all over the place, man. That dude from Los Bariquas, he would have been like the prime candidate to be a Manscaped dude. WFP20 gets you 20% off. Uh, For me, I want, as my weapon of choice for the apocalypse, whatever New Jack is swinging. 
whatever new jack has i want that that's a that's all for me you're just gonna have a garbage can full of weapons whatever new jack has in that garbage can and he takes out i'm grabbing in and looking for that same thing or something equivalent <laughs> did you watch his dark side of the ring i did dude oh my gosh insanity insanity like oh <laughs> oh my gosh how do you even explain that to somebody like if somebody would be like so tell me about new jack like nope just watch the dark side of the ring just watch it I, it's beyond explanation let them explain it like insane well we just watched the jimmy snooker one yesterday right did you watch the brawl for all one too i did i did okay poor bark gun man once he knocked out dr death it was basically game over for him he saw the writing on the wall yep all downhill from there baby yep but we watched the jimmy snooker one and about halfway through the episode i look over at celeste and i was all should I take down my Jimmy Snooker autographs up in the room? And she goes, yeah, let's look into doing that. Wow. Really? Dude, I feel guilty for having that up there displayed. Uh, it's, it's hard, right? Because we didn't know that when we were kids. And I've told that story so many times about what got me into wrestling figures. Like, to be perfectly honest, this podcast may very well not be a thing without me seeing that Snooker figure up on the pegs. And it's hard as a kid... We didn't know about that in 1985. We didn't know that Snooka had done that. And even if we did, like we were kids, we couldn't like grasp the whole reality behind that and the magnitude of it. It makes it harder now because now you're having to separate people that you looked up to as a kid to years later, you find out that maybe that person wasn't so great. And now you're having to like detach yourself from all these feelings and nostalgia and growing up and oh man that's a hard thing to do so i i support you if you do that dude i i totally support you with it i get it i understand i even told shannon during the episode i'm like holy crap like i had no idea it was this bad i mean i had heard about the story but yeah. i didn't do a lot of research into it and i remember when the court case was happening but i wasn't really paying too much attention to it but man now this episode breaks and you're like oh dude like all the evidence is there against you and it really sucks how it was brushed under the rug. So yeah. And again, if you decide to do that with your figures, I, to I totally get it. I understand. And what was in that briefcase, Vince? Well, my understanding, I had heard that he walked into the meeting with a briefcase and walked out empty handed, meaning the briefcase stayed behind. Oh, see, now I heard the story where he walked in with the briefcase and he left with the briefcase. So whatever contents were in the briefcase might have been emptied out. Gotcha. Okay. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a money in the bank contract. <laughs> Fairly safe to say. That's a good call. That's a good call. <laughs> yeah. I guess no. Thank you, James, for sending in your question. Scott, Christopher Dean had a question for us. He did. I was texting back and forth with Christopher Dean today and he said, what wrestling promotion never had a figure line, but should have. And Christopher Dean's answer, and I think this is a good one, was global. Lots of good names went through global. Yeah. Specifically, you had the Patriot who did end up with a uh, wrestling figure later on through Jack's BCA. Yeah. But my immediate answer and your answer, Jeff, when I posed this question to you, we were exactly on the same page and it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody listening to this podcast but it's going to be the UWF and not Herb Abrams UWF. We're talking what Mid-South became UWF. Can you imagine that figure line? And granted, a lot of the names that went through that territory have gone on to have figures later because a lot of when they blew the UWF up, 
it, pieces fell into WCW or NWA. Pieces fell into the WWF. So a lot of the guys that went through those ter- that territory ended up getting figures later on. But could you imagine the figures that we would have gotten in, say, 1986, 87? Holy crap, we would have had Freebirds and Dr. Death and Terry, or not Terry Gordy, um, Angel of Death, Eddie Gilbert, an early version of Sting, an early version of Rick Steiner, the Sheep Herders, the Fantastics, just the list goes on of all these names, One Man Gang. A lot of the guys that I just mentioned got their starts in the UWF or came to, came up and got their fame through the UWF. And it would have been great to get their first figures from anybody doing the UWF line. And I think it would have tied in nicely with Remco. By the way, Angel of Death also played Russian Assassin number one during NWA days. Oh, really? Yeah. It was funny. I, I told you, I've been watching so much NWA. Russian Assassin number one came up and I was like, oh, I wonder who played him. Sure enough, Angel of Death. Oh, how funny. That's awesome. Yeah, there were those names in the UWF. It just, what a territory it was. And you go through the the list of people that went through it. You're like, holy crap, this was incredible. Such a great, great territory. Missy Hyatt was there. John Tatum, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. Just a hot bet of action in like 86, 87. And I think Remco would have been wise to snatch those guys up and make figures of them, but it never happened. By the way, I recommend everybody going back and just going episode by episode with those old school NWA shows. And just watch how important job guys were to these guys there was one episode in november of 1988 and it was ron simmons and hot stuff eddie gilbert against two job guys and there was this big big job guy and all of a sudden he just started dead waiting eddie gilbert so eddie rolls him back into the ring after he brain busters him on the outside oh to a jobber yeah Dude, this guy, I, I don't know what happened to this guy. Maybe he just got so tired he couldn't even uh, jump or do any of the moves that he needed to do. But anyways, Eddie rolls him to the outside. He goes to do a brain buster, but he dumps him right on his head. Oh, dude. So he rolls him back in, and I want to say he hits another move on him. And you can tell Eddie is not happy. Ron Simmons gets in, and Teddy Long is raising their hands. Ron Simmons looks down and kicks the dude. <laughs> and Ron Simmons is a face. <laughs> dude it was hilarious i was just gonna say weren't they faces they were that was an interesting thing about eddie gilbert's character in nwa he had tendencies of being a bad guy but he was a face well hogan did too yeah that's true but yeah that's a whole different ball game yeah 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 yeah. but eddie gilbert he could play both roles so well like he could Mm -hmm. be the sympathetic baby face almost like daniel bryan but then when he went heel he was like on the level of kevin sullivan Like that dude played both sides of the coin so well. And maybe he was a little bit ahead of his time because of his size, but man, that dude could go. And I will never forget that match. Him and Ron Simmons versus the Fantastics when both teams were faces. They had a great match. I think it was on a Clash of Champions and they tore it up. They had a fantastic match and Ron Simmons was still fairly green at this point. This was before Doom. And man, just kudos to Eddie Gilbert just way ahead of his time and could really play face or heel to perfection. And the fun thing is, is also when I'm going through, I also stop to watch the Starcade or watch the Clash of Champions to kind of follow the story as it's still going. I'm still doing that too. So you're getting it all in order. Like we would have watched it when we were kids. Yeah. Unfortunately it cuts off in July of 89. That's where the Saturdays cut off? The NWA Saturdays cut off. 
on, oh, the, on okay. the network. So I wish they would kind of lump everything back in until it finally disbanded. Gotcha. Okay. It's a lot of fun going back and watching these and you can try to kind of watch the progression. Like I noticed when Arn and Tolly left, they lost the belts, the midnight express. So they just stopped appearing and it was just Rick and Barry's part of the four horsemen. So did you come across the part where the rock and roll express lost the tag titles to Manny Fernandez and Rick rude? Yeah. Okay. So I guess Rick rude left for WWF while they still held the tag team titles. Correct. So rock and roll express never technically beat Rick rude and Manny Fernandez for the titles, right? I think they said that it happened at like a house show but there was no footage of it, but suddenly the rock and rolls are back on TV with the tag titles. That was my understanding, yes. Okay, so you never saw a match where the rock and rolls actually beat Rick Rude and Manny Fernandez for the titles, right? No. Okay, so yeah, so that must be true then, that Rick Rude just kind of bounced, was like, later, I'm going to WWF for bigger money, and just left them high and dry with the tag team title. But it's a lot of fun. I recommend everybody, if you guys have the time, to just do that. It's so much fun going back and seeing these old studio shows back in the day. But you're right about the jobbers, dude. They really lent a lot to the talent back then because that's how the talent was building their name was by those Saturday squash matches. Because essentially that's what Saturday afternoon on TBS was. Unless they had a main event of some type where they had two big names against each other. A lot of it was big name versus enhancement talent. But that's what got the main talent over was beating that enhancement talent. And that was literally 305 to 505 or 605, whatever it was, every Saturday. And it was big guys versus the job guys. And that's how they were building up the big guys. So you're right. Those jobbers really lent a lot to the show. Scott, we do have an audio question. It comes in from my tag team partner, Randy, who you guys will be hearing on telephone next week. What's going on, guys? It's just tag team partner, Randy here. I was calling in not for a question, but for a shout out. I had a friend of mine. She uh, recently got divorced her husband decided he didn't want to be married to her anymore. He left her, and she's selling his stuff, and lo and behold, what does she have? Some Hasbros. Now, I grew up with Hasbros. Those were my first wrestling toys, and I got really fond memories of them, but I never really wanted to uh, start down that rabbit hole that is WWF Hasbro because I know they can get pretty pricey, especially when you get to the later series. So I've always kind of stayed away from them, admired them from afar. Well, I took a look and saw she had a bunch of figures. Now, some of these figures look like they've been skipped across concrete. Others were just a little um, little scuffed. So, I took all of them from her and asked if I could try to clean them up and possibly maybe just keep a few that, uh, that I wanted. And she said, no problem. So, I took a handful of them, the ones that were in pretty good shape, just had some paint scuffs. I took some time and effort and cleaned them up. Uh, she sold them to me for an incredibly cheap price that I just could not pass up. So I bought them and started looking on the internet and I was looking at prices and there were just so many different prices for all these different series of Hasbro's. And I remember what I'd heard on your show. So I go to Wrestling Toy Tracker and I look at the price for completed uh, for comp- uh, for listings for loose Hasbro's and. There were a few that I were about to buy, and I would have way overpaid for them. So, based on the site, I kept looking until I found some that were in price range. And, I mean, if it wasn't for Wrestling Toy Tracker, I would have completely overpaid on multiple Hasbro's because, like most wrestling figures, I couldn't just stop with the ones that I got for really cheap. 
I started to want to complete series one and two and so forth and so on. So, uh, needless to say, I'm pretty, uh, my wallet's pretty, pretty pissed at me right now. So anyway, uh, I feel like Ryan doesn't get enough love and I wanted to take this time to shout him out and tell him, thank you so much. Uh, you have no idea who I am. I have no idea who you are, but I do know that you have helped me out tremendously. And I just feel like people that help other people uh, need to be recognized. And I know he probably doesn't want it. I know he probably doesn't need it, but I'm going to give it to him anyway. So Ryan, on behalf of my wallet, thank you so much for all that you do to make sure that people in the fig life are not overpaying and can enjoy this hobby uh, the best we can with the money we have. So thank you guys. Uh, Hope you guys have a great show. Hashtag fig life. Adios. Scott, that's awesome. Uh, Ryan does have a great website over there, WrestlingToyTracker.com. I'll get the plug out of the way. You can go over there and check out the prices of Galoobs, Hasbros, LJNs, Retros, and Just Toys Bendems. And what he does is Ryan takes the three-month average and sees how much they sell for on eBay, puts it all into a spreadsheet, and then it dispenses out onto his website, and it kind of gives you an average price. A great tool. Recommend it highly over there. We're happy to shout him out every week. And Randy, we're glad you used him for your Hasbro purchases. Well, there's worse things that you could spend your money on, right? So if it has to be Hasbro figures, that's still a pretty healthy hobby, I would say. And yeah, to echo what Randy said, huge thanks to Ryan for providing such a great service and a great tool for us collectors to use to make sure, like Randy said, don't get ripped off. Save yourself some money because you need those extra funds to put towards other figures, especially when you get to the Hasbro game. So Ryan, from Randy, from Jeff and I, thank you. Again, you'll be hearing Randy on telephone this upcoming week. Thank you, Randy. Scott, next question comes in from David Surkamp. He said, DOD. I'm I'm not even saying decade of dominance or decade of domination. I'm just saying DOD. DOD. David says, I think we should have a movement to make sure we pre-order these figures, these decade of domination, dominance, decadence figures. This will help Walmart know that we want stuff like continue to do this in the future. I 100% agree with you, Dave. If Walmart sees that these figures are selling, they're going to probably go, okay, well, why don't we put more pre-orders up on our website? Maybe, just maybe, they'll put in an exclusive or a whatever it may be, put their figures up and then we can go in and pre-order them for a cheaper price than other online retailers. So I am all in favor of this. I'm in your corner, David. Great call. Well, I agree with that too, because in the current climate, going and toy hunting isn't the smartest thing right now. So being able to pre-order them saves you a trip out. They're going to come right to your front doorstep. So yes, 100% agree. Let's support it. If you want those DOD figures, go pre-order them. I've been having this conversation a gazillion times. When is this going to be over? When is it going to be okay to go to the grocery store or go to a ball game or go to the gym even for me? Like, when is it going to be okay? We just don't know. And Walmart falls into that category of, you know, you're putting yourself at risk by going out, especially to a place such as a Walmart or a Target or to a grocery store. So, you got to kind of start weighing your options. But if you have an online store like Walmart that will put up pre-orders of figures, whether it be Elite 77, 78, 79, whatever it may be, man, you guys are saving us a trip to Walmart and they'll be shipped to my front door. This is great. We'll love you for it. So I'm all in favor of this. For sure. And there's no chance of missing the figure if you pre-order it. 
that's a win-win, 100%. Absolutely. So, David, great call. I agree with you 100%. Scott, next question comes in from Christopher Salima. <laughs> Christopher's hella funny on Facebook, dude. He makes me laugh every day. He says, hi, good brothers. I hope you guys are keeping safe. Here's my idea for the changeup. I would change the Defining Moments Razor Ramon figure, even though it's a good figure, but to make it a Defining Moment, I would have be Razor from WrestleMania 10. He would come with the two icy belts and a red ladder. Don't hate that at all. No, great call. And you're right. If you If you were to say Razor Ramon, give me the defining moment of his WWF career. I think that's it. <laughs> I can't I can't argue against that at all. And I think it would add a lot to the figure as I've talked about with the defining moment series when you added extra belts like the the Steve Austin for example with all of all three of his titles in there, it adds value. It adds a great look to that figure inside the package. Could you imagine a ladder behind Razor and him with both arms up holding two icy belts? Oh man, that's a killer looking figure. And probably it's better than the one that came out. So I agree 100%. That's a great change up. Razor and slash Scott Hall have created quite a few memories for us. But what's that one memory that everybody remembers? It's the one clip they always show. It's Razor standing on the ladder after he had won at WrestleMania 10, holding up both belts. That is a memory. That is a defining moment. Thank you again, Christopher, and thank you for the laughs on Facebook. Scott, next question comes in from Joseph. He says, hey, guys, just wanted to reach out and try to pick your brains a little on a question for the pod. It may sound redundant, but what do you think is your guys' pick for the most underrated Jack's classic figure of all time? Curious to hear. Thanks, Joe. Ooh, an underrated Jack's classic? There's the Trish Stratus Jack's classic that I think was fantastic with the long black coat that you have hanging up on your wall scott oh it's beautiful i love that figure the powers of pain they do get love but is it enough those were some fantastic figures as well and i don't know i think a lot of people do love them but they don't get talked about enough as some great figures yeah the powers of pain figures are i would say perfect i don't have any complaints about those two figures i think that they captured the powers perfectly on those I don't think that the British Bulldogs Deluxe Classics get enough love. Those are my those are my top five favorite figures of all time. Well, from you, they get a lot of love, <laughs> but they're not mentioned a lot by other people when you start talking about the Deluxe or Classic Superstars lines. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, man. Every day when I walk into the room, Scott, I throw confetti at them, just showering with love. <laughs> I think you're exaggerating. I think you might be lying a little bit there, Jeff. No, there is confetti all over the house <laughs> because I shower them every morning with so much love. You have a Johnny B. Bad confetti gun by the front door so that you can walk in, <laughs> pick it up, and fire it at the figures. Scott, any other Jack's classics that you can think of off the top of your head that maybe don't get enough love? I really, really like... I know the Harley figure gets a lot of love, but that's one of my favorite classic superstars figures is the King Harley race figure. Uh, his NWA figure as well is outstanding but how about superstar billy graham not the ones in his suit but him as a performer a wrestler i think that is an outstanding jack's classic superstar well they released a bunch of superstar billy grahams remember they had like toys r us exclusive superstar yeah, billy graham yeah like the pink suit and then they had like the black and white version but i'm talking about the the main release like superstar from the 70s Agreed, like with the yellow boa. and Yes, that's the one yeah. I actually have signed up on the wall, and I think that is an outstanding figure. 
Another one. Um, how about Spark Plug Holly? Okay, I'm just I'm just kidding. Oh, um, I was like, I mean, it's good, but I. <laughs> how about Ken Patera? I, I'm just. <laughs> okay, now you're just losing it. Oh, Chief Wahoo McDaniel. Oh, that's a good one, dude. Ron Simmons. Oh, excellent. That or the only thing with that one is he comes with the world title, but that's a Jax blunder, which they don't get a pass for. But we always kind of go, oh, Jax. Yeah, Chinese New Year happened. That was that came out during Chinese New Year. That's why that happened. <laughs> but that figure is awesome. I love that Ron Simmons. Not one that gets mentioned a lot. There's a bunch of them that we could actually go down a list, laundry list of. I'll go back to the British Bulldogs again. The Jacks Classics where they had the t-shirts on. Those were excellent. Yeah, I really like those a lot. Those are great figures, dude. But the, some of the tag team sets that came out too. Like not a lot of people give that Freebirds three-pack love, but I love that three-pack. Dude, I remember when those first came out, I thought those were going to be so hard to find. Oh, man. And yeah. then they just littered Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> they did. They did. But hey, don't take away from how good that three-pack is. Correct. Yes. Th- yes, there were a lot of them and they glutted the pegs, but those are some outstanding figures. Thank you, Joseph, for your question. Those those were just some that we could just rattle off off the top of our head that we felt that were underrated. But if you go back down those lines, I mean, there's Bruiser Brody. Dude, the Godfather. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That Godfather classic is outstanding. Thank you, Joseph. Scott, next question comes in from Michael Sugarman. Michael Sugarman says, sorry if you've talked about this and I don't remember. Did you ever collect wrestling trading cards signed or any stories? So we did collect, and I don't recall who manufactured them. If it was Topps or Don Russ or Fleer, it was in 87 and it was right around WrestleMania 3. They had like a blue border around the card. And we collected, I think Hulk Hogan was on the wrappers. We collected those. I think we got a lot of them at Kmart. We did collect those. But it, really for us, Jeff, it was baseball cards. We didn't yeah. really get into wrestling cards too much. Occasionally we'd pick up a pack here or there. But we weren't religious about it. Because we were passionate about the wrestling figures. Not so much about the cards. But we were also passionate about baseball cards. But cards and wrestling never really mixed for us. Uh, we would get the ice cream bar cards. We would take the cards off of the ice cream boxes. Yep. But we never really got into the cards too much. And it's funny that Michael asks us that because we were at the San Jose Toy Show. Gosh, what was the last one we were at? October, I believe. When at a chair shot yes. got those Hasbros. Okay. It wouldn't have been the one in October. It would have been the one before. So we're talking June or July. Jeff, do you remember they had that classic, uh, the the card book? It was the, I think it was like a binder or it might've even been a, an actual book, but it had the card sleeves inside and it was an entire set of the classic WWF cards. And I don't know what year they were from, but it was a full set, but I think he wanted 40 bucks for it. So yeah. we passed on it. It would be cool. Maybe one of these days to go back and start collecting some of those. But uh, we just, we never really got into them. I do have a story. Back in 2009, I went to a convention that was up here in Newark, California. And on the docket was Bret Hart. And we just talked about him earlier. Jimmy Superfly Snuka. And a bunch of other wrestlers. I'm drawing a blank. I think I got you some autographs that day too, Scott. Was that when you got me Vader? Uh, no. No, you're right. I did get you Vader that day. Okay, and Kam- I think you also saw Kamala that day. That was where I was going with it. So I didn't oh. have anything for Kamala to sign, but I knew he had been having some health issues, and I wanted to support him. 
And luckily, I when I was walking up the down the aisles, because you know how they used to have those aisles that you just walk up and down through? Yes, yep. Somebody had a Kamala Tops trading card. And as I said, I wanted to support Kamala. So he was up on the stage and he was still dressed out in the Kamala garb. <laughs> I mean, this half naked man just standing there. <laughs> I walk up and I'm like, dude, it's so nice to meet you. And he makes the Kamala noise like, oh, you know, like what Kamala used to do. <laughs> That's awesome. And then we lean in for the picture and he goes, thank you so much. And I just remember him saying that to me as we were leaning in for the picture. And I'll post that picture because I still have it. That's awesome. But it was just, it, it was awesome that, you know, he was playing the character at first and then he kind of, he didn't whisper into my ear. He just kind of leaned over and he's all, thank you so much. And it, you could tell how much that meant to him. And I had him sign the card. Unfortunately, I think I lost the card. Oh, no. I think I lost it when I was cleaning my room one time. Oh, so, that sucks, dude. He, I know, I know. But as I said, it was Brett, Jimmy, and Kamala. And going up to him and getting that signed by him and him going, thank you so much, just made me feel so good knowing that it made him feel good. Oh, that's so cool, dude. I love it. It's too bad you lost that card, though. That really sucks. I'll hunt it down. I know I'll find it eventually, so... Scott, Michael Sugarman has a question for you, actually. Oh, for me. Just me. Just you. So I'm going to set this one out. Kick rocks. Mainly for Scott. Sorry, Jeff. How did you introduce wrestling to your kids? I'm a fan and my wife isn't. She's concerned about the violence, as am I, but also want to share my passion with my son. So that's an interesting one. My oldest daughter, who is now 19, when she was about... Man... I would say four or five, I sat her down and watched a SmackDown with her. And I wasn't going to force it on her. If she wanted to get into it, she could. If it held her interest, great. But I wasn't going to say, hey, get back here and sit down and watch this if she wanted to get up and walk away and play with her toys. She never gravitated towards it. And I would put wrestling on and I'd tell her, hey... If you want to sit down, wrestling's on. Oh, okay, cool. But would go off and play with her toys or listen to music, whatever she was going to do. Never really got into it. She would occasionally sit down and Rey Mysterio was her favorite. Uh, but she never really got into it. Later on, she did kind of, sort of, when the women's revolution was happening. She got into Sasha Banks. But it's it's never been her thing. Peyton, on the other hand, was kind of by accident. I remember we were downstairs and it might've been one of the NXT takeovers that I was watching. Peyton would have been about four, uh, four or five. And it was on and she was kind of doing her thing and it just happened to catch her attention and she kept watching it. And it turned into anytime I put wrestling on, Peyton would want to watch. And so she kind of just took to it. Now, current day, kind of fast forwarding a little bit, she's really taking this Bailey heel turn hard. Like, to the point where she won't really watch wrestling anymore, especially if Bailey's on. She loves The Fiend. That is her 100% favorite. Loves The Fiend. Loves Ember Moon. Literally hates Bailey's guts. And I'm not kidding. To the point where when the women's uh, five-way match came on at WrestleMania this year, she walked out of the room. She refuses to watch. She hates Bailey's guts, dude. It's hilarious. Like, Bailey has done her job perfectly because Peyton hates her guts. But she loves the, <laughs> loves the Fiend. 
anyway, the thing with Peyton, I never, like I did with Alana, said, hey, why don't you watch this with me? Wrestling's on. Peyton just gravitated towards it because when Alana didn't take to it, I kind of figured that Peyton wouldn't either. But she ended up just falling in love with it like I did as a kid, as you did as a kid, Jeff, and just took to it on her own. The whole I love Bailey thing, we went through all that. That was all completely organic, and I never sat her down to watch wrestling. She just started watching it with me one day and just kept watching it. So it wasn't really an introduction for Peyton. I think that if they're going to get into it, they're just going to get into it. Now, my oldest shares my love of the New York Yankees. I watched Yankees games. That is something that Alana has taken to to the point where she'll bring up Yankees conversations with me. Start talking about the team and acquisitions and trading guys. Like she's talking about the Yankees with me, like Peyton talks wrestling with me and it's cool. So if they're interested, they'll gravitate towards it. But if they're not, I would say don't force it. Let let them develop the passion for it. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But put it on and see how they react to it. Regarding the violence, it is what it is. You can't dance around it right? Wrestling's wrestling. And it's always been that way. As long as Jeff and I have watched it, there's more violent forms. There's less violent forms, but WWF or WWE is, is supposed to be family friendly. And that's probably the safest one to show your kids. If you're worried about the violence factor, but you kind of have to take the good with the bad. You can't really dance around it. And I don't shield Peyton from any of it. It's, I don't think it's any worse than what they're going to see in school. How much you find out that they're seeing at school. I don't know. But they're probably seeing worse at school than they're seeing in wrestling. That's that's kind of how I look at it. But if they're going to take to it, they're going to take to it. If it's meant to be, it'll be just see how they respond to it. And you might be surprised one day you're chilling watching wrestling and you look over and your son's not playing with his toys anymore. He's watching wrestling. And next time you go to the store, he'll want a wrestling figure. So fingers crossed. That's what happens. Now, I do have a question. Did Peyton's interest go down when Bailey turned heel or are there other factors? Because Peyton's big into dance. So yes. is a lot of her focus into dance and not so much onto wrestling? Or did that Bailey heel turn really kind of turn her off to wrestling? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. If you were to look at a graph of Peyton's love of wrestling, it would be like a straight line at the very top of the chart, just cons- consistently up there. And then you could mark it at where the Bailey heel turn happened to the downturn. Like it, it's bad. I mean, she'll watch The Fiend. She'll watch some matches here and there. She's kind of lukewarm on Becky Lynch. Like, that's who I thought maybe she'd take to when Bailey turned. But she, like, literally, Bailey was her hero. And Bailey, like, single-handedly, I would say 98% ruined Peyton's love of wrestling, dude. Like, it's, <laughs> she it just, Bailey soured her on it. She's like, I hate Bailey. I can't believe she's a bad person now. I don't know what would happen if Bailey turned face. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But if it did, I don't know if Peyton would go back to her. I I really don't know. And we'll see what happens when Ember Moon comes back from injury. If they give Ember a nice push, that could, you know, spark Peyton's interest again. But really now she'll watch for The Fiend. And that's about it. By the way, speaking of The Fiend, I loved the way SmackDown ended last week. Pretty cool, dude. I thought that was fantastic. I applauded. I even rewound it to show Celeste. I was like, because she wasn't really paying attention. She was playing Disney emoji on her phone, which I get because I love that game too. But (laughs) I rewound it for her. I said, this was fantastic. And she watched it and she goes, 
that was really good, the way that Strowman and The Fiend interacted and they kind of did the call back to the Wyatt family. I thought that was excellent. Yeah, it's good that they didn't try to brush that history under the rug and pretend that it didn't happen. It's cool that they addressed it and they had the interaction and now we're going to get The Fiend versus Strowman. I know exactly who Peyton's rooting for, but Michael, to to kind of wrap up your question, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And like I said, I wouldn't force him into it. Let him come to you on it. Just have it on and watch it and see if he takes to it. And I'll tell you, there is nothing like having a wrestling fan by your side and to take them figure hunting, to go to live matches with them, to the ultimate of having them meet their heroes. I will never forget Peyton meeting Bailey. That is one of the highlights of my life. Getting to see Peyton meet her hero. It was incredible. And I hope that you get to experience something like that because I can't put it into words how awesome it was just to be a part of that moment and to see your kid meet their hero. It's incredible. It would like uh, it would be like me or Jeff meeting Randy Savage or Hulk Hogan or when Jeff got to meet Bret Hart or when I finally got to meet Ricky Steamboat. It was, it was incredible. You got to meet your hero. But to be kind of on the outskirts of that and just watch your child experience meeting their hero, it was absolutely incredible, and I hope you get to experience that one day. Thank you, Michael, for your two questions. And Scott, last question of the week, Josh Thompson. He says, hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here back with that weekly question. I want to give you guys my thoughts on the figures that were shown to us over WrestleMania weekend. One, starting off with The Fiend, I'm glad we are able to see this figure completed in all its gloria. It looks really good, and I can't wait to add him to my collection. Two, Jake the Snake Elite, we got shown, took me by surprise. As most of you know, Jake is over on AEW. Nevertheless, I do like the figure and its variant. As of right now, that Jake figure's still a go. That's what Steve Ozer said, so until further notice. Mattel really went and hit a grand slam with the Greg Valentine, didn't they? The robe on the thing looks amazing, and Mattel wonders why we want so many legends from them. JT also says, Suited Ultimate Warrior is an interesting figure, but one I might pick up for my wall space, or if I want the Warrior to be a GM for my PickFed series. I th- That Warrior's getting got, hands down. No doubt about it. And We talked about that one at length last week, and that's one that I am really, really excited for. Especially if they're able to include his duster with it, too. That's going to be awesome. JT continues, Glad to see Matt Riddle has the flip-flops as promised, and he's another anticipated guy I can't wait to get. Same here. I'm such a Riddle fan, dude. I love Matt Riddle. I don't know what it is, but he's like one of my favorites in NXT. Uh, He's over, dude. He is over, and he's a tag team champion. Yep. And maybe it's just me, but this year's top picks actually has my attention. Braun looks good with the cloth shirt. Ricochet is a blessing because his figure flew off the peg in Elite 69. And I like how Roman's figure has multiple hands and allows us to remove the vest. So those were my thoughts on some of what we saw. Apologize if it was a bit long, guys, but if you have anything else to add, feel free to do so. I was kind of adding stuff as we were going along, JT, but there are a lot of figures that we are looking for. Mattel hit a home run, a grand slam, whatever it may be on that Thursday. A lot of excellent figures that were shown and a lot of figures to get us excited for in the upcoming months. Scott, that rounds out the listener segment. We are going to hit up the nostalgia segment. We're going long tonight, dude. Uh, That's what she said. (laughs) Manscaped.com. WFP20. Get you 20% off. (laughs) Scott, what do you say we hit up that nostalgia segment? (laughs) Let's talk about it. We're going back in time. 
got final segment of the night is the nostalgia segment. But before we do that, let's jump into Bane's Beard Oil. Yes, guys, if you have a beard, head over to OutsidersBeardCo.com. Load up your cart with beard oils, beard balms. Keep your beard looking and smelling amazing. At checkout, apply code FOLLYPOSABLE10. Save yourself 10% off. Let Bane know that we sent you because you don't want your beard hairs smelling like your butt hairs. Head over to OutsidersBeardCo.com. At checkout, use code FOLLYPOSABLE10. Save yourself 10% off. Bane has a great selection of balms and oils. Keep your beard looking and smelling great. OutsidersBeardCo.com. At checkout, use code FOLLYPOSABLE10. Scott, we are going to get into the defining moments and this will round out our talk of the defining moments that feels like it went on for about five months. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been longer than COVID-19. <laughs> so, Scott, why don't you go into the defining moments? Yes, the first up that we're going to talk about tonight is the Ultimate Warrior, and this will not be his WrestleMania 7 gear. This is Ultimate Warrior in his Ultimate Maniacs gear. There were bricks in the background on the packaging, the warrior was in his Ultimate Maniacs yellow and red singlet. He had a pair of sunglasses on that said Maniacs on it. He had the gauntlets on his arm, the tassels. And you may remember this from a trip to Walmart where you saw entire end caps filled with nothing but Ultimate Maniacs Ultimate Warrior Defining Moment figures. Holy crap, was Walmart flooded with these things, Jeff? Yes, very much so. Next up. John Cena defining moments, and this would be John Cena chain gang from SummerSlam 2004 around that era when he faced Booker T for the United States title. He had a pair of Word Life brass knuckles on, a WWE visor. He came with a molded jersey that had the number 54 on it. He had a chain with a padlock on it around his neck. Next up, Ric Flair, and this would be the WrestleMania 24 version of Ric Flair, who came in two versions. One with his blue robe closed, which is very appropriate and looks phenomenal on the packaging. And then there's your sloppy drunk Ric Flair <laughs> with the robe open that I'm going to refer to as Party Ric Flair from WrestleMania 24 after the match, slanging it in the locker room with the boys, celebrating his retirement or so-called. Don't know why they had the open robe, Jeff. It does not look good. The other funny thing about that is is Rick, that Ric Flair figure had abs. What? <laughs> We all know better. Come on now. And WrestleMania 24, actual Ric Flair not have abs. So there was a lot of, there was just a big, big miss. Why was the robe open? The, Horrible. The, the ones that came out with the robe closed were a thousand times better. Why it wasn't originally packed like that, I don't know. I would love to ask what happened there. It's just, it's a head scratcher because when you close that thing up and you see the robe, the way it looked similar to WrestleMania 24, that's an excellent figure. But when you open up and you see drunk Ric Flair, like trying to get a woman, you know, back to his hotel, used Manscaped, you know, and he was ready to go. <laughs> WFP 20. That... <laughs> That figure was just a a miss. So it real it really is. Go back and look at that figure and look at both versions of that flare. Open robe and closed robe. But then go look at the black robe Rick Flair. The one that comes with the big gold belt. How clean that figure looks inside the package with the closed black robe. It looks so good. 
Then look at the closed blue robe, WrestleMania 24, Ric Flair. See how nice it looks. And then look at the sloppy open robe version. I just, it's night and day, like you said, Jeff. It's two versions of the same figure. One you would want to hang up on the wall. The other one isn't so great. The closed robe version is the one, if you're going to go back and start collecting defining moments, go with the closed robe version. It is a night and day to the open robe version. Just my two cents on that one. Next up, we have the cash, I not cash grab, I'm sorry, Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> this is from his NXT TakeOver Dallas match against Sami Zayn in 2016. He has a black entrance vest on, also comes with a red entrance vest, and that's pretty much it. No title belts, no extra hands, no extra heads. Um, you kind of question why this would have been a defining moments at 24 or $27 when they could have just made an elite, which really it is for say 17 to 20. Well, I'll play devil's advocate. I mean, it is a defining moment, but there's not the accessories that come along with it. You can actually say it about the ultimate warrior too. That should have just been a regular elite. What? Thank you for bringing that up. 100% agree. Yes. The ultimate warrior, because the macho man that came out from the ultimate maniacs was an elite. Correct. This one should have been as well. There was no reason for that figure to be a, a defining moment. It was literally the figure in the packaging, and that's it. Yeah. Nothing else. Uh, even the Cena, maybe, to an extent, could have been an elite. It wasn't really a defining moment. But this Shinsuke, come on. <laughs> you know what you did. <laughs> you know what you did. This was the first Shinsuke figure produced. Came out in early 2017. And I'm going to stick to my guns on this one. It was a cash grab because they knew Shinsuke was going to be hot. Let's just slip him into the defining moments line and have people spend 24 to $27 on him when he's really an elite figure and they could have spent 17 to 20, but I still bought him. Anyway, moving on last in the line, certainly not least in the line. And this is one I only have one minor complaint about. This would be the macho man from WrestleMania three with that beautiful robe on the backside of the packaging. There was a star cut out that had the feather trim around it. This would be Macho Man from WrestleMania 3 in his entrance robe. But my small nitpick, and I've said this many times on this show, the lack of the IC title. It would have added so much to the figure, much like the Razor Ramon figure with the IC title or the Ric Flair in the black robe with the big gold belt. Macho Man came to the ring at WrestleMania 3 in this robe and with the IC title, but this figure is missing the IC title, and that is my one nitpick on an otherwise perfect Macho Man figure with the bandana, the sunglasses, the beautiful robe. If you have a Liz, you could put the Liz right next to him. It's the total package from WrestleMania 3, but you got to put your own belt on him. Did you say Elizabeth and the total package? Oh, hey, hey, hey. Easy, Turbo. Easy. What? Easy. <laughs> um, this was a figure that you and I actually, when we were doing wish lists every week, this was a figure that you and I both had on our wish list. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And we then always it finally about came one. to be. And unfortunately, when Toys R Us was going out, this figure was still on the pegs when Toys R Us final days were hitting. This is one figure that I was shocked remained on the pegs. This is one figure that I thought everybody was going to go out and grab. And maybe because there were so many Macho Mans out and that maybe diluted this figure. I don't get why that figure stayed on the pegs. That is one of those head scratchers. I thought this was going to be a home run figure. This is not a figure that you're going to be able to find right away. This this is a figure that I thought would be the like Harley race because everybody was going to go pick it up. And 
like I said, it was there until Toys R Us dying days. And even when it was Toys R Us was marked down to 20% and 30% every single week up until it was going out, this figure was still on the shelves. And that shocked the living hell out of me because of how good this figure is. Yeah, it's outstanding. And Jeff, I'll never forget finding it. I was at Toys R Us with my wife, both kids, and of course would always go down the wrestling figure aisle just to see what they had and was hardcore hunting for this macho man. And I walked down the aisle and he was actually on a shelf, but I was looking up at the pegs because they had some defining moments hanging on the pegs as well. And I'm flipping through and I'm like Nakamura and there was one or two other ones. They might even had the blue robe flare up there. And I'm thumbing through and I'm, oh man, no macho man yet. And I looked down and he was sitting on the shelf and I did similar to what you did when you found that Hardy's two pack at KB toys back in 2000. It wasn't quite the little girl scream, (laughs) but I think I might've did a hop, skip jump when I saw him snatched him up real quick and was like, Oh my gosh, I found him because much like you, I thought this thing was going to be impossible to find was super pumped when I found him. But like you said, he ended up being a peg warmer, I guess. And just, man, I I bet Mattel was baffled too. Why he was warming pegs. This figure should have been long gone. But like you said, up until Toys R Us's dying days, he was still resting there on the shelf, just chilling. So kind of a head scratcher, I agree with you. But let's not let that take away from how great that Macho Man figure was. In fact, it was, I don't know if he was my favorite because that WrestleMania 7 Defining Moments Macho Man is outstanding. But he was definitely up there on the list of best Savage figures ever. That is until the Slim Jim Macho Man came out, but this figure is absolutely outstanding and a total home run by Mattel with the minor exception of no IC title. And let's not gloss over the the robe that he came with. That soft goods robe was just fantastic. Beautiful. Scott, one thing I do is I pull eBay listings as of today, April 16th, for the Ultimate Warrior. I just gave up counting and I put a shit ton of Ultimate Warrior, Ultimate Maniacs were on there with the cheapest being 13 bucks. Ouch. Hopefully nobody bought these as investments. Right. Because <laughs> you're upside down, folks. John Cena, Chain Gang. There were 15 on eBay as of today, ranging from $18 to $40. Ric Flair with the blue robe open and closed. I also put a metric ton from $20 to $60. <laughs> Walmart had quite a few of these too. <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura, I just put a buttload from $10 to $80. There were some autographed, I will say. I didn't pull those listings, but there are some autographed on there. There's also some Ric Flair ones that are autographed as well. And with the Macho Man WrestleMania 3 robe, 12 on eBay right now, ranging from $30 to $55. Now, when this show goes up, there may be more, there may be less prices may vary but as of right now you kind of get a general idea of how much those figures are going for overall jeff i would say i loved the defining moments line i think that mattel did a great job with these figures especially those wrestlemania 7 macho man and ultimate warrior figures those are some of the best wrestling figures of all time and that's not an exaggeration go back and look at them yeah there are a few that i'll nitpick at or will knock like the sting great american bash for example the the jacket that he's wearing is just ugh Other ones like Ultimate Warrior, John Cena, and Shinsuke Nakamura from this batch could have very well just been elites and not defining moments per se. But overall, from top to bottom, this is a really, really solid series. And there are some figures in this series 
that really are are investments. And like the Bret Hart, for example, that one is a solid investment. Pick it up because it's only going to keep going up. So there are some figures in here in this defining moments line that you really want to take a look at. And you can, I've seen people display the packaging. If you keep them MOC, they display the packaging just on the side because there's beautiful artwork on the side of the package. So front facing to see the figures, sideways to see the beautiful art on the side of the package. This is a great assortment. And if you don't have any defining moments or if you have a couple, this is actually one that I would recommend going. If you want to have a complete set of anything in Mattel, this is definitely one to look at because legends are a little bit too pricey. Some of the defining moments are way up there in price, but even as Jeff said with this batch right here, not too expensive. And there are some real gems to be found. So definitely if you weren't involved with the defining moments, go check them out, especially those WrestleMania 7 Warrior and Savage figures. But aside from those, you have the Hogan that would basically just fit right into a WrestleMania 3 match with your Andres. Uh, the Macho Man that we discussed from this batch. Some outstanding figures, the Razor Ramon. Go check those out. And it's a great assortment to start building your collection. The earlier defining moments are the the ones that will cost you a lot of coin. Oh, yeah. The Bret Hart, I mean, that one is the most sought after. The John Cena one is expensive. The Undertaker one is expensive. Those earlier, earlier defining moments are going to cost you a good chunk of change. But after their hiatus and they came back in 20, was that 2015, Scott? Yeah, I want to say it was 2015. It's taken us so long to get through this that we forgot the dates on these things already. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but after they came back from their hiatus in 2015, the ones those ones don't seem to go for as much. So it's like Scott said, you can pick up that 87 Hogan with the bandana. And the packaging also on the ones after the hiatus are... I, I love that packaging. The sting, the crow sting with the two heads in the back is fantastic. Yeah, thank you, The Sting. I forgot to mention him, too. That Crow Sting is beautiful. Yeah, so after the hiatus, there's a lot of figures that you can grab for good prices. And I just read some off to you tonight. But the earlier ones, you're going to be looking at some heavy dollar. The Ric Flair, the Bret Hart. There's going to be some uh, coin you'll have to shell out. But when you get them, you won't even think about the coin you shelled out because you'll be happy with what you got. Yeah, if your bank account has recently been stimulated... And you want to spend some coin on some wrestling figures. You can't go wrong with defining moments. Scott, that rounds out tonight's show. Mention them again, WrestlingToyTracker.com. It's like old school Beckett. You can go over there and check out the prices for LJNs, Hasbros, Galoobs, Just Toys, Bendoms, and Retros. See if you're getting a fair price on these figures that you are purchasing if you're going back and co collecting a lot of these. So WrestlingToyTracker.com or Toy underscore tracker scott eagle moss yes jeff if you have a pop culture or wwe fan in your life and you're looking for a gift for that certain someone look no further than eagle moss you can give them a follow on twitter at hero collector underscore they have a ton of properties from wwe to batman to battlestar galactica to star trek you name it they've got it and they've got a collectible for it again on twitter at hero collector underscore Go check out their line of WWE statues. You will not be disappointed. Also, we're going to throw it back to our podcast buddies. Like always, Bricker and Bane do an excellent show. Each week they talk about figures, they talk about movies, they talk about comics, and then they have a guest in. And it's always fun. And Scott, you and I will be coming up here shortly. We had to record separately. Yes, separate, which you don't get a lot. 
where you no. get like a dedicated interview from one and then you get a dedicated interview from the other. So I'm really looking forward to hearing yours and how much better mine is. But huge thanks to Breaker for having both of us on. I had a blast doing that interview. You dick. I know. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> so check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour on iTunes. Also check out Breaker's side project back to the Nintendo where they play a Nintendo game and then they talk about the Nintendo game after playing it and talk about the average price of the cartridge back to the Nintendo on iTunes. I also want to throw it back to Eric doing an amazing show over and at Barry, the fa- Jeff, huh? Barry, you're doing it again. I know Eric just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Eric. But you cannot leave Barry out of the conversation with doing the favor. He is a host on that show as well. It's Eric and Barry, not just Eric. So Eric has a show with Barry Horowitz? That is awesome. Holy crap, that is great. You're unbearable. You're unbearable. Eric and Barry. 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 I love Barry Barry cereal. (laughs) You know who I'm acting like? I'm acting like Rick Steiner. When he had Alex on his hand. <laughs> anyway, Eric and Barry do a great show over at Doing the Favor where they talk about figs and merch and they actually started talking a little wrestling, but they've always talked about wrestling. They also have watch alongs that are a lot of fun because Barry's knowledge of wrestling comes into play and he just, he can rattle stuff off. Eric was telling a story on our telephone too, where Barry will just turn on the mic and he can rattle off a story. Eric's like, I'm doing like two weeks worth of research and I'm going back and watching a bunch of stuff, trying to get ready for the show. And Barry can just turn on the mic and go. That's awesome, man. I love hearing those types of stories because it's fun to listen to Barry's knowledge regarding the show. Even though he craps on me, Scott. Well, you know, you're into that. Damn you. (laughs) (laughs) Barry just knows that. I might've told him. At least you don't have to pay for it anymore. Amodiumad.com, WFP20. <laughs> <laughs> so check out Doing the Favor on iTunes. Scott, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Such a fun show over there with Steve and Eric. Steve had Brandon Hova on a couple weeks ago. And then this week, they also had a special episode with Super Brawl 2. So yeah, Super Brawl 2, Scott. Nice. All right. Yeah. You've piqued my interest. As Steve and Eric talk about Super Brawl 2, I'm going to be watching that here shortly, hopefully, because once all these NWAs dry up, I'm going to be going pay-per-view by pay-per-view. So, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Each week, Marty and Sarah welcome in their buddies over at Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. Ryan Buds does daily trivia with you, where it's about a 10-15 minute episode where he does trivia. Does a brain exercise where you got to remember stuff. So check out Ryan Buds Trivia with Buds podcast. And Scott, Drunk Wrestling History, what you got? Yes, this past week we dropped a WrestleMania 5 episode. We went back to back with it from the birth to destruction of the Mega Powers. That would have been a few weeks ago. And then this past week we dropped WrestleMania 5. So we kind of tie those two together. So yeah, that's where we're at with Drunk Wrestling History. Again, we're bi-weekly now. And you can follow us on tw- on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk, where it's me, Ed, and Adam getting drunk. Well, Adam drinks Dr. Pepper. Ed and I get drunk. And we talk wrestling. It's what we love. We love drinking. We love wrestling. And every time we get together, we talk 
wrestling and we drink. So now we're recording it. And if you're interested, check it out again on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. And this past week we dropped the WrestleMania five episodes. Check it out. Looking forward to listening to that one. Scott roll call. Yes. As always leading off roll call this week, Jason Wolf, the amazing Jason Wolf. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jason WLF. If you need artwork, Jason is your guy. If you love our series three shirt, which I'm sure you do. How can't you? It's amazing. Jason's the guy that did the artwork on that. So if you want yourself drawn as a Hasbro, if you want yourself drawn in an LJN, he's done that too. Uh, he does the card backs for the uh, Hasbros where he can do a color portrait of it with you as a Hasbro on a full color card. Hit him up on Twitter at Jason WLF. You will not be disappointed because if you need artwork, Jason is your guy. I want to throw it out, Jeff, this week to Pollyanna DIY who does incredible pins. Uh, incredible shirts. The dude is just super talented, has a bunch of different products. Give Jacob a follow on Twitter at Pollyanna. That is with two N's, Pollyanna DIY. Give him a follow. Check out what he's got. I think you're going to like it. I want to throw it out to some figure photographers this week, Jeff. The amazing Sean Welch. Give him a follow on Twitter at Sean. That's S-E-A-N Welch Photos. I want to throw it out to Rink Skirts. Who doesn't love Rink Skirts? Nate is just an incredibly genuine, awesome dude. And I can't say enough good things about him. Give the great Nate a follow on Twitter at Rink Skirts. I'll throw another one at you here, Jeff. How about Unboxed Alliance? Give him a follow on Twitter at Unboxed Alliance. And last but certainly not least, Jeff, V Trigger Figs. Give him a follow on Twitter at V, as in Victor, Trigger Figs. And Jeff, this week, in addition to losing the Fink, we saw WWE let go of a number of superstars and... We hate that. We know what the current climate is. We hope that one day soon when everything gets back to whatever the new normal is going to be, a good chunk of those people are hired back. And you and I wish them all the best. We should support those guys because I'm sure they're going to have stores on Pro Wrestling Tees soon. Let's do what we can to support those guys when their stores pop up. Go support them the way that you've supported us. And let's try to pick them up and all the best to those guys and gals. I don't know about you, but Rusev is going to be a star wherever he goes. Oh, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. He was probably the most shocking one to me because we never really got the great payoff to that horrible Lashley and Lana and Rusev angle. <laughs> he's, he's just now gone. Like, I was hoping something big was going to come of that. And unfortunately, that something big was him being released. And that sucks. But you're right. Rusev is going to be money. A lot of these people that were let go are going to go on to bigger and better things. Some of them may come back to the WWE. Whatever it is, I hope they land on their feet. I hope that they're successful in whatever they do. But once those stores start opening up, whatever they go do, let's support them. Get in their corner. Back them. Let's not let them fall. Pick them up, support them, do what you guys can. Scott, that rounds out episode 222. Two, two, two. Two. Anything else? Fig Lashes 2016, and happy toy hunting. I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 222 or episode 222. Hashtag Fig Life. Adios. Adios.
Yeah. Fully hoseable. Let's go. Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully poseable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.